There are two realities. There can only be two realities. The earth reality and the kingdom's reality. And the difference between the two is the earth reality. You have to pay for everything. I mean, every single thing in the earth's way of everything. We have to pay for everything. And it can weigh us down because we feel like that we don't have what it takes. We can never get to the point we want to get to. We can never be satisfied. We can never be where we want to be. We can never have what we want to have. It don't look like it's time to have. But when it comes to kingdoms, mentality, kingdoms, realities, you can have more than you can ask or even think. And guess what? For free. Come on. Come on. For free. For free. Abundance is free. Prosperity is free. Manifestations are free. Everything of God is free. And yet it's more viable than any other thing. And yet it's free. Come on, somebody. Every vision God given us is free. Every download is free. Every deposit from the kingdom is free. Every transaction is free. Everything from God is free. Every vision is free. 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 It's free. So I don't have to do anything but just use my faith regarding what he has deposited on the inside of me for free. See, if we keep confusing both realities or trying to bring one reality into another reality, it can never work because you can only serve one or the other. One supersedes the other. One dominates the other. And we have to make a decision which one we're going to live by. And trust me, we can say with our mouths, God, I choose your reality, but our demonstration show what we really believe. It's so good to know that everything that God has promised me, I receive it for free. I don't have to look around and wait for Kronos or Kairos because those still forms of time. It's still forms of time, whether it's now or whether it's in the future, it's still a form of time. But God wants us to not focus on time because he wants us to know that at any time. See, if I focus on a specific time or thinking about something else going to happen later on, that's me saying that I cannot have it yet. Come on, somebody. And if he said it belongs to me, if he said it belongs to you, it became available for you and I. Um, determine what we say and it determines what we do for it to actually manifest. We are a living proof that God is not a force. So how long it take, how long it's going to take. We cannot be violent of the world and be timid walking with God. It must be the opposite. So what did God say to you that sometimes you tell yourself, I tell myself, oh, it's too good to be true. It is good. It is true. Hallelujah. It is a part of you. It's a part of me. You got to use all of your being and just stand up in the presence of God and say everything that belongs to me. I'm receiving what you say. I'm going to see it while you say it. You understand. We cannot go up and down with our believing regarding God's promises. Hallelujah. 
God is letting us know in so many ways, so many ways, we can preach, we can prophesy, we can win souls and still not be on one accord. We can raise our hands, we can fast, we can pray and still not be on one accord. I can love my neighbor as I love myself and still not be on one accord. I can sow my 10% and sow your 10% and still not be on one accord. I can get on my knees and cry out to God knowing the help come from the Lord and still not be on one accord. I can use my faith and know it only comes by faith and not by sight and still not be on one accord with the Lord. I can say, Lord, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief and still not be on one accord with the Lord. I can have a vision. I can have a dream and still not be on one accord with the Lord. I can prophesy. I can pray. I can lay hands and still not be on one accord with the Lord. And I can still release a miracle, a sign or wonder in the atmosphere. God can still be evident through me. Somebody can still receive a blessing through me and still not be on one accord with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can walk with God my whole life and still not be on one accord with the Lord. Adam is living proof. The first man created form Eve out of him. They at the Garden of Eden. Satan wait till Adam walk away because he knew how to get to a man is through a woman and he went to Eve and did not even tell Eve to tell Adam that he had an encounter with him because he's coming to destroy. So he's going to make sure his plan don't be exposed. So he had Eve to feel like I got to speak about what he said but don't mention who said it because if Adam said who said it, Adam would know that it's a lie. So it had to look like it came from her and not anywhere else but because Adam was drawn unto Eve and forgot who God is and forgot how he served God and forgot he is a man of God and he began to look at her instead of looking at God instead of remembering what God said to him so he said woman I cannot and then she looked at him and said please but he never asked her not once where did those words actually come from woman you never talk like this woman you never act like this you know we know better than this but he said I did I did eat a lot of times we don't hold ourselves accountable for denying God, for denying God's honor towards us by us releasing back honor unto him. But when we hold ourselves accountable, God begin to show mercy because accountability is nothing but repentance. Father, I have sinned. Father, I have fell short. Father, I was wrong. But here I am, Father, for you to make it right. He said, the woman that you given me, she told me to eat. But, but, but I ate. Hallelujah. Same story of Abraham and Sarah. Satan knew to come to Sarah in order to deceive Abraham. It's not time yet, woman, if you're still not carrying. But God given us a promise. We got to stand fast and we got to stand firm on what God says because I am a friend of God and God is a friend of me. But Abraham, Sarah said, Abraham. Sweetheart Abraham, Bay Abraham, Boo Abraham, look at me, sweetheart, for a second. Can you give me what I'm desiring from another woman? Because I cannot give you myself of what I'm asking, believing God for. 
And he said, woman, I cannot sin against God. But Abraham, look at me, sweetheart. Look at me, bae. Look at me, boo. Look at me. Look at my eyes. Look at me. Look at your wife. I'm in a desperate need, baby. I'm in a desperate need, boo. I need this baby from you, but it can't come from me. Go lie down with Hagar. And Satan already know the end of a sin before we even begin. Just like God know the end of his righteousness before he even began. Come on, somebody. And there it goes. And there it goes. Yes, woman. Okay. What am I going to do with you, Sarah? All right, I'll lie down with her. He lied down with Hagar, not even aware what the outcome going to be because Satan never revealed the outcome of stupidity. He never revealed the outcome of us making out bed in hell. He just have us to look like we're going somewhere, but we know not where we're going. But once we get to that place, we realize we made a terrible mistake. And here come God picking us up every single time, every single time. Not one person God has left there and he never will for he is still the same. Hallelujah. And here come Ishmael in the same home as Hagar, in the same home as Abraham and Sarah. Then Sarah start getting jealous over her own plan. Just like Satan got jealous over his own plan. He didn't know that God was going to create man in the earth in the image. He thought it was going to be in the kingdom, but God made a middle round just for him. Come on, somebody. Just to remind him, I'm still in control. God could have created us in the kingdom, but he kicked Satan out of the kingdom and created us where he got kicked out of just to remind him that we still have authority. You understand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there it goes. She's mad. She's jealous. Getting pissed off at Hagar. And Hagar's an innocent woman. I'm just doing what you asked me to do. I live unto you guys. I serve you guys. I do what you tell me to do. I slept with your husband because you told me to. Now here come my son Ishmael. You can have it. I'm giving him over to you. But you don't want him and you don't want me around. Now you get mad at Abraham. Now Abraham in a tight situation. He don't want to see his son being mistreated. But he know that's not the promise from God. But he know he came from him as a man of God. And here comes Hagar. She getting kicked out. Sarah mistreating her. Now Ishmael getting kicked out. And Abraham sending them somewhere to go. Because he don't want to just see them out there like that. Knowing that it was his wife's plan all along. Which actually came from Satan. Come on. Every time we fall short. God always pick us back up. Soon as Adam said. To Eve. Eve didn't even have a name. Until she sinned. And God said. Where are you? Soon as they, they didn't even finish the apple. Where are you? They hid themselves. And God said to Adam, why are you hiding? Because I'm naked and I'm afraid. He started blaming Eve. The woman you given to me told me to eat from this tree. And I did. And out of all that Adam said, all God said to him in response is, who told you you were naked? Not about who voice did you hear? Who said what to you, Eve? He already knew. He just wanted to know who told you, Adam, that you were naked because you never had a conversation with Satan. Eve did. So who told you? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. For you to know that you're naked, you never had a conversation with Satan. So how did you know you were naked? You understand? When you're married, God don't come to the women. 
God comes to the man. And us as women are helpmates for the man, keeping the man to stand and keep us standing. But if we are hindrance and not a help, it's going to crumble down because it's no longer building upon a solid foundation. And here come Abraham taking his authority back regarding his wife. Because God knows that us women know what to do to get what we want from our men. Our man of God. He will say no. We will try to do things to change their mind. Sweetheart. And start touching on them. And start looking at them. And backing our eyes. And walking around and bending down. Trying to get what we want for them to change their minds. But you got to know that a man is not created to change their mind. Because we're in the image of God who never changed his mind. What is, is, is. What's not, is not. So you got to be careful what to say. That's why you got to be slow to speak and quicker to hear. Because I can't wind up saying, well, I said I was going to do this. And then don't show faithful ever doing that because that's not how God moves. If God say October 22nd, you're going to receive that breakthrough, it cannot be October 21st. It cannot be November 23rd. It can only be the day he's spoken it. That's why he don't give us dates specifically because many of us, we not to handle the time frame. Whether it's too close or whether it's too far away, we still wouldn't know how to handle it. Father, it's too long away. Or Father, I don't know if I can do it. It's this close. I didn't know it's this close. It's like we always battling with flesh and spirit. And God always sending us and providing us opportunities to be stable. Deposition is a very powerful word in this season. To speak the truth under oath. And what does it mean to be under oath? In the presence of God, there is no lie. When we go to the court building, they have us to put our hand on the Bible. You swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth. So help you, God. And deposition has put us in that situation without being in a courtroom, but knowing that we are in a courtroom because God is our ultimate judge. Do you swear to tell the truth? Then what do you have to say? What did he say to you? Then why is it not manifesting? Why do you think it's such a hold up? What's going on with your manifestations? What's going on with the dreams and visions? Don't let people speak lies into your life. Don't let people prophesy over your life and say you have to wait to receive what God already said, what you can receive. Due to him saying it when, you, when he said it, that was the moment you were able to receive. But if we battle between our beliefs and believing in him, we're going to fall short. If we think that it's too good to happen right now, it's too good for me to receive all of this. Because now we're living from an earthly reality again. We're thinking about how it used to be in the earth way of doing things. How we was always wanting, having our hopes up high and not able to possess what we had our hopes up for. That's why I didn't like surprises of the world. Because every time I had my expectation to be surprised, it was always a wrong surprise. It was like ha 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 in my face instead of la la la. Thank you. Come on somebody. Because many people feel like they do things because they have to and not do them because they want to. I'm not the person that would ask of anything and know that or think that you're going to throw it back in my face. I'd rather you not even think to do anything for me. Come on, somebody. Because even if you have that mindset, you didn't do anything at all. Don't you dare sow into my life so you can say you sold into my life. 
Because who put the sources, the resources in your hand, the source of our life? Many of us begging for attention. I could be on TV all day and have you guys clapping and praising, having you guys sowing to my life and still not be on one accord with God. Come on, somebody. Still working on an attitude when I'm walking in the image of God. Come on, somebody. Hypocrisy knows how to dress itself up very pleasantly, which is not even pleasurable, actually. Looking like a dressed up fool. Winning so many souls to the kingdom and pushing away my promises, pushing away God's plan, pushing away God's reality. But I'm speaking God's realities upon other people's lives and not even know it. You understand? So we got to stop putting our all in people and keep our all in God. We got to really see just a vessel. Whether it's a powerful vessel or not, but the power comes from him. So all the glory goes to him. It don't go to Quenisha. Now you can say God is powerful through you, girl. I see his power on you. I see his fire on you. Yeah, but you still acknowledge it. It's because of him. Here goes how Abraham took control back as a man supposed to take control over the ministry, but not be in control, but take control. And this is what it looks like. God came with two angels. He provided Abraham an opportunity to speak to him and counseled him. I'm about to destroy Solomon Gomorrah. Well, that's not something God would do to destroy the righteous with the wicked. If there were 30 righteous men, would you destroy it? No. If there were 20, no. If there were 10, no. If Abraham went all the way down to one person, God would still have said, no. I would not destroy D.C. because of one person. I would not destroy an island because of one person. I would not destroy any nation because of one person. Antarctica, no, because of one person. Australia, no, because of one person. China, no, because of one person. Africa, no, because of one person. North America, South America, no, because of one person. From the north, no, because of one person. From the south, no, because of one person. From the east, no, because of one person. From the west, no, because of one person. You understand? How dare we say God punish anybody? No, I would save that entire island because of one person. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm ready to shout. I'm ready to dance. Ain't no ready. I am shouting. I am dancing because I know that I know that I know much more now than I ever knew before. And it feels so good to know. Not about always what you know. Because sometimes the things that we do know, we still don't come alongside with him. But when you know who you know, that's all that matters to me. I know God. I know God with me. I know when I make mistakes, I know he's going to help me. He's going to get me out of it. I know this ain't it for me. I know you may look like that. I may look like this. But guess what? Keep on watching me. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And here go Abraham. The angel talking to Sarah. Sarah laughed. The angel could have told Sarah, why you laugh? No, they go to the man. The one who's, you know, to take control over the ministry. The angel went to, went, walked past Sarah, went straight to Abraham. She laughed at me. She did? Yes, yeah, she laughed. Abraham said, you laughed. No, I didn't. But woman, you did. 
See, that's how he took it back. Now, if he still put Sarah before God, he would say, are you sure, God, that she, you know, you, you maybe you thought she laughed. No, I know my God. I am a friend of God. I will never allow you to cause me to turn away from God's word ever again. Woman, you did laugh because I know my father wouldn't lie to me. You're lying to me, not him. And she repented. And the angel say, this time next year, you'll be pregnant. And you know what? She never said, why does it take a year when you are already here now? Because guess what? Within them 365 days, they were still going back and forth with flesh and spirit. And we, we preach and teach like God intentionally wanted Abraham to wait that long. No, Abraham's testimony is to show that God is faithful all the day long, no matter how long we take. We got to stop thinking that we're waiting on him. And God is saying, no, you catch up with me. Here's my responsibility concerning you. It's already finished. It's already finished. It's already finished. Hallelujah. It's already finished. That's his responsibility. Can't nobody mimic you. Receive or release God like you can. And can nobody do it like me. I'm graced to do it. I'm graced to do it. You're graced to do what you do. If anybody try to mimic what I'm doing, you're not going to get my results. And if I mimic what you're doing, I'm not going to get your, your results. Excuse me. Because the grace and the anointing is flowing over you regarding it, not me. You understand we got to stop having each other feel like each gift is less significant or more significant than the other. But we all benefit from one another. Hallelujah. If you don't have the anointing flowing due to the faith that you have to believe, to release what God is doing through the hands of a one who's anointed to release, you're not going to get that result. Christ said some miracles come by fasting, excuse me, and praying. Now, we're not fasting and praying to release the miracle. No, we're fasting and praying to develop spiritually to know that we're not the ones who are doing the work regarding the miracles. You know how it's so amazing? When Christ was walking beside the disciples and releasing all these miracles and signs, they didn't have Holy Spirit at the time. Christ only did. You understand? So he wanted them to know that it's not you that's doing it. You need me on the inside of you to do it, even though I'm naturally walking. See, the thing is, they're looking at him in the flesh and not looking at him in the spirit. They're looking at him for what he's currently doing. They're looking at him in his disguise, not looking at him for his true identity at the right hand of God. They didn't see him in that way. They saw him in his, like how he were in their face. So how can I get you on the inside of me and still yet walk beside you while you in the flesh here? You got to fast and pray for that level of revelation. You have to fast and pray. You have to develop more for that type of miracle. You have to develop more for that type of manifestation. Seriously, because you have to know that it's not because of you. Many of us are feeling ourselves walking like we're actually doing something. The whole time is him doing it within us. So where is the glory? Do you know every time God released a miracle unto us, a sign unto us, a dream, a vision, any word, there's no lie in God. 
No lying in God at all. Everything is truth. So think about for a second, everything that he said to you and everything he revealed to you, everything he exposed to you, every word that you have received and perceived from God that you declare and decree about to come forward. The thing about it is we're calling it forward the wrong way. All we have to do is believe that he said it and that we take those steps to bring what he said to pass. That's it. Simplicity is so rewarding when faith is involved, when honor is involved, when glory is involved, when grace is involved. Simplicity is a very powerful word in this season because we complicate things that are very simple. It's like just throwing a feather up and watching it fall down. Many of us are trying to catch the feather or try to find another feather or don't even see the feather falling down. Doing everything but what he asked. You said I would do this, Father, and I, I, I'm believing you for this, Father. Now this year is almost over, God. I didn't receive it last year, year before last. Am I going to even get it next year? Whoa. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And if he's not pleased, then definitely you won't be. I won't be. <laughs> there are no results if he's not pleased. So when he give us a word, we have to know what that means because he give it to us when it's time to actually walk it out. You understand? But if he give us symbolic dreams, that's for many times it comes in the future. Just like Joseph, I had this symbolic dream, dad, brothers, that wasn't full right then and there. But it was for it to happen the day and time that God had it to happen. We got to know the difference between what is now and what is later. And if you don't understand, then go to God. He said, in all our ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him with the doubt. Acknowledge him with the confusion. Acknowledge him with more clarification. I don't care what it is. Just acknowledge him. Even when you are short. Even when you feel the short seat. Just still acknowledge him. Can't nobody stop me. Won't nobody stop me. I've been up all morning. God has been touching my hands. Quenisha, it's nothing you can do about it. You already anointed. You already healed to heal the healed that need to be healed. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That's why when I'm in public, I'm, it's like I'm about to fall. I, the presence is so heavy. Do you know why it's so heavy on me? I'm always drunk. Because I can feel what's present in the atmosphere. I can feel the outcome in the midst of being right where I am in the present. I can feel the miracles coming to pass like we read in the word. Because if you think about it now, we're going to be honest for a second here. How many people have you read about other than Christ who did the things that Christ done? Have you ever heard anybody lifting up any type of food and multiply and they have it more than enough? I have never heard of that ever other than Christ. Have you ever heard of people literally 
receiving the way how Christ released the miracles out here. I don't mean, okay, that tumor gone. Yeah, it's gone. That is still a miracle. But I mean like walking like Christ with the weight of glory, looking up at the sky, but don't see sky. You see nothing but kingdom and you pull it from kingdom into this earth because we cannot put natural on super. We got to put the super on the natural. You understand? It's too much might for one person. It's too much power for one person. It's too much glory for one person. You understand? I can feel how Christ is needed, even if he's not even wanted, even if he's not even thought about. Even in the midst of hypocrisy, I can feel that he's still needed for that hypocrisy to bow and the truth be exposed. Come on, somebody. You do what you call, I gotta do what I'm called. Because what I'm called to do is calling me and it's not hanging up the phone. It's contacting me. It's ringing and it's ringing. And I picked up with my faith and that phone call don't ever end. It's just an ongoing communication between God's purpose in my life, his promises regarding my life. His move upon my life. And there's no ignoring it. Sometimes we try to ignore it because we don't think that we can accomplish. Or we're afraid of something not being accomplished. I say, Father, how you have me to go out here? You make sure you show up. Don't do me like that. He said, I'm not doing you like nothing. I already did that. I just need you to know that I already done that. So when you go and do, you already know that. And when you know that, you can show that. Christ said unto me, he said, I want you to see the rewards right where you are. Do you, I want you to take a couple of minutes or seconds. Just, just come on with me right now. You know that feeling that we get when we see manifestations of the things that we had to manifest in our lives thus far. You know where you are right now, the things that God done, and you felt so good. I felt so good. Like, wow, look at God working on our behalf. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that I could even do this. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. God is blessing me with this. Look at this house or look at this, you know, these resources that God is providing. Oh, look at what God is doing. He has changed my life around. I'm going from this, this transition to that transition, from this state to that state, and we know it's nothing but God. But guess what? Those moves happen when we were out of the way. Because we didn't see him coming We just kept on taking steps of faith And walking right into the blessing He just want us to walk into the blessing Not cry out for the blessing Not lose hope because of the blessing Not even fast because of the blessing You're not fasting because you know about the blessing You're fasting because you don't believe That you can receive the blessing He said just walk into the blessing It's just that simple I did everything for you that was complicating already. I sent my son to die. If you couldn't have died, I sent my son in flesh. You were already here in the flesh. 
I did everything that was difficult. I did everything that was challenging. I took care of every hardship. I took care of every stronghold. I took care of every form of weight, every form of yoke off your back. He said, now all you have to do is just walk it out. Just walk it out. Just walk it out. Bless all the poor in spirit. Bless all the poor in spirit. For there is the kingdom of heaven. And for those that have the kingdom of heaven, they shall inherit the earth. You understand? I can barely stand right now because it's too powerful for my natural body to even comprehend well. Do you understand? Sometimes somebody could say something to you that could be out the way and our first response is to speak up for ourselves and the Holy Spirit is saying, no, don't leave it like that. Go back and make it better. Go back and say, you know what? You were right. You were right what you said. You could sometimes when a person right and it's like an ouch and we don't know how to handle the ouches all the time. Sometimes the ouch can, we can feel offended with the ouch and we can be on defense with the ouch and we can try to argue back or be argumentative with the ouch or try to separate due to an ouch. But God wants us to see that we are too mature to walk away due to an ouch. We are spiritually developed. It's nothing but iron sharpening iron. No matter how that iron sharpen you, it got to sharpen you. And Holy Spirit will say, no, go make it better. And you can say, I can say, you know what? You were right. I do do this when this happened. You right. I'm not going to do it no more. You right. If I say I'm going to do something, I got to do it. You right. Because God is not a man that he should lie. You right. So if I say something, don't do something, I became a liar. You right. So let me not be so quick to speak next time. You right. Let me be slower to speak and quicker to hear next time. You right. Because I cannot back up my words because then you're going to find me not faithful to say what I'm saying. But I I'm saying what God's saying, and God is proven faithful. So if I'm like him, I must remain like him. You're right. And what does that do in a situation? They say things like, it's okay. See, it causes humility to be present. It breaks chains. But if we argue due to tension, it's going to make it worse. Then we're going to start talking to each other for a matter of seconds and, or a matter of days. And both of us feeling that feeling in our stomach. Well, I shouldn't have said that. Well, I'm just going to tell you how it is. I'm not going to lie to you. And we got to be the ones to be like, you know what? I ain't, you ain't got to say it like that. I what you say, how you say it. And things, all these things like that happening. Let me tell you how prophetic I am. I had some people say, you know what? When God give you a word on social media, I got to really, you know, deny my flesh. Because I'd be like, hold up. Is she talking to me? And they looking at me from the natural. Like, you know, you, you got to be careful with that. You got to know that it's God who's doing the work. You got to know the person's personality. You got to know that Quenisha not a person who would get around and call you out. Quenisha not a person who will hurt your feelings. Quenisha not a person who would try to destroy one's confidence. That's the devil. Don't let the devil try to tell you those things. Now, there are people out here who do those things and don't know how to say it in your face, but want to say it on Facebook. They want to say it on Instagram or other, any other website or say it to other people who don't want to come to you. But that's not Quenisha Janice Hood. Not now, not ever. 
And just that when God used me to say a word, it may apply to you. And all I got to say to you is, if it apply to you, just pull from it. Because that's God talking to you. Come on, somebody. Even, even if God give me words, specifically, I go to him about it. I wouldn't come to you. Unless God is saying, or you would ask me to. Now, if you don't ask me, that's not an invitation for me to come at you. Because guess what? Without an open invitation, there's no need to even say anything. Because it may be interpreted out the way. And then tension now is in the way. And then we wish we never had that encounter. Then we start thinking things like, well, if I didn't know you as much as I know you now, it wouldn't have been none of this. See what I'm saying? So I see all of that before I even say anything. See, prophetically, I can see the end to the beginning of a thing. So it shows me what to do beforehand because I can see the outcome. And that's nothing but how our father is. Hallelujah. I got on here this morning because you are worth being here. God do not want us. Many of us are fat. And I mean fat, rich, fat. On promises, fat, so fat on receiving the promises, the dreams, the visions. And it's right there within our spirit, right there in the spiritual realm. But where is the manifestation? Where's the birth? We got to birth these things out. Why are you not pushing them out? It's not just for a woman to give birth to a vision. Men give birth to a vision too. Birthed it out. Don't be moved if somebody tell you you can't or you won't. You got to walk and work your way around that. No. If God said yes. What I'm called to do, I need your support. And I don't mean support like you have to be in order for me to believe to receive. Just keep praying for me. I always saw this day would come, but I never knew that it would come like this. People are drawn, guys. And I look in my hands. God said, give him a mystery of a word today. Give him something to soak on. Okay. I'll start with Jacob, Leah, and Rachel. And Laban, Leah and Rachel's father, which is Jacob's uncle. And Jacob, and Jacob went to go approach him and ran into Rachel being a shepherd attending to the sheep. And she said, I am his daughter, and he said, I am his nephew, you are my family. She fell and hugged him and ran and went to go tell her father, Jacob's here. Jacob was working for their father, and their father said, what can I do for you that you work for me? I cannot have you work for me for free. I have two daughters. Jacob wanted the youngest daughter. But let me tell you how things can be. Jacob wanted Rachel 
Leah had beautiful eyes and a soft voice, but she couldn't see that well. It just the form of her eyes were beautiful, but apparently she needed glasses. They didn't have glasses back then. Her eyes were dim. Jacob had the, I mean, excuse me, Rachel had the nice physique, the nice shape. He wanted Rachel. So the father thought it'd be a good idea to deceive him with Leah. And Leah knew that he wanted Rachel. And once he, you know, they had the wedding celebration for him and Rachel. They got married. They had a feast for them. He said, I want Rachel. He said, here's my daughter. They had a celebration. Now you visionize this. They having a marriage, a wedding for you and your wife or you and your husband. And then the honeymoon night, you thinking you creeping into bed with your spouse you just married. And yet it's their sibling. And then you look like, wait a second. And you don't know until the next morning. Because it, obviously it was dark, too dark to see. Woke up in the morning, sunlight seeing Leah. Went straight to the father. You deceived me. Why did you lie to me and deceive me like that? I married Rachel. He said, yeah, but it's tradition that you have to marry the oldest one first. But why didn't he tell him that in the beginning? So he was working for him. Seven years. He had to work another seven years to get Rachel. Already married to Leah. Two other concubines. Leah had six. Each concubine had two. Rachel had two. He had 13 children. 12 boys and one girl. Delilah. And... We'll make a long story short. We reap what we sow. Here's the mystery. It came back on Jacob. What you do, it come back. Rape, I mean, excuse me, Jacob and Rebecca plotted against Isaac to steal the birthright of Esau. Rebecca and Jacob. Go ahead, put some more, you know, fur on your arms because you know Esau is hairy. You got to feel like him because Jake, excuse me, Isaac's eyes were dim. He was lying in the bed. He about to release the blessing. Rebecca thought that Jacob would be a better fit. But traditionally, it has to be the eldest child. And Esau was. Even though Esau sold his birthright to Jacob for some food, but still, Isaac has to anoint. He was ready to anoint Esau, but Isaac, I mean, excuse me, Jacob and Rebekah plotted against him. And once he realized it was Jacob, he felt deceived as well. And because Jacob plotted with his mother to deceive his brother, it came back on Jacob. Now Leah and her father plotted against you regarding Rachel because of what you've done in the past. And it gets further than that. Let me go down some. Let me skip all the way down to Joseph and his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Jacob wanted to do the same thing to Joseph's sons that he did to his brother, Esau. He tried to anoint Ephraim before Manasseh. And Joseph, that was the first time Joseph ever said no to Jacob. He pushed his hand back, no, as it's written in the word, no, father. Manasseh is the oldest. 
You must anoint him. And Jacob couldn't do nothing but anoint the oldest one. He was trying to do the same generational thing, that same generational curse that he'd done to his brother, to his son, and his grandsons. Because Joseph's sons was the next set of twins all the way down from the others. And it's so amazing how Joseph put it into that family traditional curse without even knowing about it because he's a man of God. Because he's a man of God. Hallelujah. Seriously. Because he's a man of God. Hallelujah. It's so amazing that God would give us mysteries in his word. So powerful. So powerful. And I just got on here to let you know, and God had me to know, that our manifestations are our manifestations. We're sitting on manifestations that need to be birthed out. We can hear words like, it's time, go ahead. And we still like, uh, I don't know. It don't look like, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait for God to literally look at me and say, go ahead. Or have it to fall in my lap. And we're never going to get it that way. And that's why I have not manifested yet. God say, how come you are so violent when you're of the world and so timid when you're walking with me? It should be the other way around. Don't you think, Quenisha? I say, yes, Father. Yes. Hallelujah. I love you guys so much. Whatever we are lacking, go to God about it. I need more believing. Go to God. I, I just don't know, Father. Go to God. It don't look like, Father. Go to God. Sitting on all this manifestation. God don't receive glory without manifestations being present. The manifestations bring forth the glory. Because only he, the one who done it. We walk down to the altar and say, Christ be my Lord. And a manifestation come with that is we become saved. Do you understand? Giving up worldly addictions. There goes the glory because only he can provide the comfort, the strength that we need to get through that worldly addiction that we thought we first couldn't. So what is he saying to you? What dreams he's giving to you? What visions he's giving to you that you and I sitting on and keep sitting on and keep sitting on? Do you know what it's like to see what he said be manifested? God would never say, I'm going to give you a promise, but you got to sit on it. No, release that promise in the atmosphere so I can receive my glory. And when you take that step of faith, I'm going to back you up. But how can I back you up if you ain't doing nothing for me to do anything? You're not saying anything. You're not doing anything. And to God, to be honest, talk is so cheap. I believe God. I got this promise. And then we talking to other people. This going to be this. God say this my husband. God say this my wife. God say this my business. God say this how many children. God say this family. God say this car. God say this building. This location. God said this. And we spread that news to people. But don't spread any manifestations regarding it. How does that look? We keep talking about what God said, what God said. Okay, so show me the demonstrations of his power. 
Because he going to back up what he said. He told me, Kanisha, go lay hands on that lady's head so that tumor can go away. I lay hands, guess what? That tumor went away. He back up his word. What did he say to you? What did he say to you that you don't see right now? And why don't you see it? Why don't I see it? Why keep talking about it and getting ourselves pumped up? Getting a good word to feel pumped up. And then guess what? When we get pumped up, we go back down again, feeling mighty low, calling people to stir us back up. I need your help again. You ever ask God, why can't I have it now? You understand me? And God will say, why can't you? I never said you can't. I'm looking for those who valid with my promises. I'm looking for those who going to take it. Go take it. Nobody going to win a football game if you don't take the ball. Come on, somebody. You got to catch. You got to throw. You got to run. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. You understand? It ain't time to get on no, no outfit, no sporting gear, get no helmet on. And go in the middle of the field and just stand there. You're going to get knocked down. Because the devil going to try to send words of doubt. Send words of confusion to knock us down. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you, I am not a loner. I'm not a loner. I am not a person who always wants to be alone. We're not created to be that way. But with my purpose and my gifting, I have to come away a lot with God. Because it goes with my purpose to release prophetic words in the atmosphere. We are all called to be as Jesus is, but we all gifted to release it differently. You may release the miracles of Christ through to song, dance, or whatever it is. I am through speech and obviously my hands. I keep looking at my hands with my hands. And the thing is, it's a lot that come with it. See, the thing is, we cannot allow jealousy, competing, a competitive spirit to even come within us. Now, it could be around. It cannot have nothing in us. I can't have you to be doing this because it's going to make me look like I'm not doing this. See, we are too much in his way. There is no purpose less significant than the other. Do you understand? We all need each other. I'm not the one that's so pressed to be in a crowd or with a crew. And I'm not saying I'm just so different. Like I think I'm better than you. It's just that it's more than that, to, you know, to life than just that for me. I have to come alongside with him more than coming alongside with people. Because I got to receive his results to release that unto people so they can receive godly results. I, I don't want your results. 
Because we, we, we change up a lot. We change our minds sometimes. If I say something you don't like, you may walk away from me. If I say something that God don't like, he's still right there with me. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you got to see your outcome. You got to see your outcome. You got to see your outcome. Even though it looked like this is happening, but you got to see the outcome the way God designed the outcome. It may look like it don't feel right. It may look like it's not okay. It may look like you've been mistreated. It may look like you're falling. It may look like you're disgraced. It may look like you agitated. It may look like everything frustrates you. It may look like you decreasing. It may look like you don't have no answers. It may look like you're not prospering, but you have God. God with you. You have to see that reality. You have to see the finished work. You got to see everything he called you to do. You got to see it already been done. I already fulfilled my assignment. Already gotten married. Already did what you said to me. Already possessed all this land. Already blessed people like you had me to bless people. I have fulfilled everything he had me to do from the north, south, east, and west. Now I have that reality. Now I see that as a vision. Now I'm going to do what I see, what I see that I, he said, which is to come to pass. God said and he saw. But the thing is, that's in the natural sense. Through some speaking it into an existence. But he saw before he said. Come on, somebody. And that's in the supernatural sense. See, the natural, we say and we see. But supernaturally, we see and then we say. He's always showing us. God always have a vision concerning us. And he spoke his vision to pass. Look around you. This is what he thought about. Everything that you can see, the grass, the trees, even the chairs, the food, whatever you can think of that's a creation. He created it. Even the things that we don't even like, mosquitoes, rats, rodents, he still created it for a purpose and is here because of purpose. And God is the creator of it all. He said it by him first saying it. And he said it, and he said it is good. When it comes to the trees, when they change its color, it is good. When he see you and me and we're spiritually growing, he say it is good. We possess the promises and not walk in doubt and thinking that we in Kronos or Kairos time, even though those are effective times, but you got to know that you got to be careful with those times because those times are still operating around the clock because it could be for now or it could be for later, but I don't want to think about what I can have now at this time or later. I just live from eternity because eternity it doesn't have no clock. It's just at any given time. So that's how I'm living at any given time. I'm receiving that manifestation at any given time. I don't mean any given time. I mean, five minutes from now, I mean, right where I am at any given time. There's nothing God can do. My God. My God. My God. My God. My God. When you live like that, he just loose everything from the kingdom right in your possessions. It's like everything been hold up in a sheet and he just dropped it. Everything just fell upon you. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Some people may not want to release God through you because it's going to have them to feel like he's not in them. 
But the thing is, we can't focus on that. You got to keep being used. You got to keep doing what it do. You ever been around somebody that everybody value, even you value, and you see things like, hold on, then you just cuss me out. Hold on, then you just call me out. Hold on, then you just disrespect me. Hold on, then you just carry me. Hold on, people don't see what I see. Hold on, people didn't hear what I just heard. Hold on, hold on. You know what you just said to me. Hold on, but you out here speaking, you know, the opposite. Hold on, nobody know, but I know because I just encountered it. Hold on, hold on. Didn't you just message me like that? Hold on. Then you just deny me. Hold on. Then you just take me for granted. Hold on. Then you just take from me. Hold on. Didn't you just lie to me? Hold on. Then you try to defile me. Hold on. Then you just try to steal from me. Hold on. And we feel these ways and see people in ministry, and that's what we think about. That's how we see them. Hold on. Hold up. Hold up. Didn't you just... They didn't see it, but I saw it. They didn't hear it, but I heard it. That's not God's reality. That's not heaven's reality for anybody. Gotta go to the devil. Didn't you just try to cause my neighbor to hurt me? Hold up. Here you go. Here's my praise, Satan, regarding what I just encountered. It's not about looking at hypocrisy. No, it's looking at Satan to be the ultimate hypocrite. Hold up. Aren't you the one that was kicked out of the kingdom? Hold up. Aren't you the one that was a a worship leader, a praise worshiper, a leader? Hold up. Weren't you the bright and morning star? Hold up. Weren't you sitting there in the midst of truth? Hold up. Weren't you on the throne while the sinners declaring holy, holy, holy? Hold up. Weren't that you that was right there? Hold up. Aren't you the one that got kicked out the kingdom? Hold up. Aren't you the one that can never get back in the kingdom again? Hold up. Aren't you the one responsible for eternal fire? Hold up. Aren't you the one going to be gnashing of teeth for the rest of eternity? Hold up. Aren't you the one that's afraid? Hold up. Aren't you the one that's trying to rob me? Hold up. Aren't you the one that's trying to steal from me? Hold up. Aren't you the one? Aren't you the one? Aren't you the one that's trying to do everything that's trying to destroy me? Hold up. Aren't you the one that's trying to kill me? Hold up. Before I get over here, I got three minutes. Quick testimony. I was eight years old. My sister was nine. My mother had a licensed firearm to carry. And she kept it in the safe because we live in a community where, you know, it's just us, her, her daughters. She got a firearm. It's licensed. Someone tried to break in. They getting shot. She always locked the safe and kept the safety off. So she just up and use it when it's time. But this specific day, she did the opposite. She took the sa- she put the safety on and left the safe unlocked. My sister opened the safe and got a hold of the gun. I'm eight, she's nine. She points the gun at my head. We're kids, not even paying attention to what's really happening here. Going off of the things that we hear that happens in the community and these movies, we just playing jokes. And, and she was like, brace yourself, fool, like we heard in the movie. 
And she pointed and it went off and it said, it clicked. And we thought that it was jammed. So my mother went home. She felt convicted. We burst out crying. She said, mommy, I went to go get your gun. My mother said, what? You did what? She was more scared than anything. What happened? What happened? Nothing. It got jammed. I pointed to Nene's head and I pulled the trigger. It got jammed. She said, no, I had a safety on the gun. My God. Just imagine getting a phone call from your, your job. Your daughter brains just got blown out by your other daughter while you were at work. Come on, somebody. Now, this is not everybody's testimony. Some people actually, you know, went home because of the gun went off. But I thank God that's not my testimony. He spared me for such a time as this. So I know what it's like to have a gun pointed at your face. Whether it was, you know, meant to harm me or not, it was pointed at my face and the trigger went back and it clicked because it had a safety on it. And I thank God. Every time we talk about it, we be like, don't bring that back up again. The thing is, could have, but it didn't. My God. The devil thought that he had you, but he didn't. He thought he was going to kill you, but he didn't. It's my time for now. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. I love you.